If you don't have an email list, then you don't have a direct line to your customers. Reaching your clients, audience, supporters, and fans with the right message at the right time in the right place becomes easy when you've got a strategic email list in place. My email list is the number one way I drive profits in my business. And major bonus here, it's a lot easier and way more fun than you might think. That's why I'm teaching a free live workshop all about growing your email list called From Zero Subscribers or Zero Strategy to an Engaged Email List That Lasts. I'll show you how to kick off your email list building strategy with no fear because I know it can be scary to start something new in your business. Save your virtual seat at growanemaillist.com. Inside of my free live workshop, you'll learn why email marketing is 10 times more effective than posting on social media, my secret to sending out weekly emails without adding a ton of work to my plate, my best tips for getting people to hit subscribe, and what to actually say to them to convert them from subscribers to paying clients and customers. Save your seat now at growanemaillist.com. That's growanemaillist.com to get started with an email list strategy that drives real results. I'll see you at the masterclass. If you don't have a clear direction or a clear why as to why you are building this, then navigating those challenges will become, I feel, more difficult. So knowing your why is really important. And then from there, it's the tactical, it's the strategy, it's the logistical, and that's the easy stuff. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher, and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing numbers, and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven-figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. Coffee and entrepreneurship seem to go hand in hand. I bet you can't scroll the Instagram accounts of your favorite creators and CEOs and business owners without a photo of a latte or a cafe-inspired meme popping up, right? Well, this guest made coffee the center of her business and with it is on a mission to transform the industry through diversity, inclusion, and sustainability. Sarah Nguyen is the founder and CEO of Nguyen Coffee Supply, the first specialty Vietnamese coffee company importing directly from the source. From features in the Wall Street Journal, Forbes, New York Magazine, and even landing the cover of Food & Wine Magazine, her success keeps coming. And part of that is a dedicated community of supporters, fans, and coffee drinkers brewing up these specialty beans. That's what Sarah is here to talk about. Community, the power of diversified digital marketing, and the other ways she's bootstrapped her business. Here she is, Sarah Nguyen. New year, new goals, new podcast recommendations. Because if I know anything about you, it's that you love to work with earbuds in, listening to business advice and entrepreneurial secrets from the best of the best. So let me introduce you to my pal, John Lee Dumas, host of the hugely popular Entrepreneurs on Fire podcast. Each weekday, John features an interview with entrepreneurs changing the game and digs into topics that are interesting as they are actionable how to start your own business during a global pandemic, how business schools set founders up for failure. And the secrets to scaling a business are just a few of those conversations that he's having over on EO Fire. 
Listen to Entrepreneurs on Fire wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the show, Sarah. I literally brewed a cup of coffee before we could sit down today. So this is going to be like coffee talk on the Gold Digger podcast in so many ways. So welcome to the Gold Digger podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Jenna. So I want to dig in first and I just want to know what your entrepreneurial background is. I think it's so fascinating to see all the different paths that women take in starting Mm. and founding a company. Have you always wanted to start your own business? Like where did this spirit of entrepreneurship come from for you? Oh, such a great question. So I feel like growing up, I never, I didn't specifically have this vision of like, I want to start my own business, but I always had a very free spirit and I always had a very creative spirit. So in a lot of ways, I was always living like outside the boundaries and outside of rules. I never want to be boxed in to convention. And I guess that also kind of bled into like, I never really wanted to be boxed into like a corporate nine to five. That wasn't for me. So the entrepreneurial spirit for me, I believe came from one, I'd say my parents. My parents are both refugees from the Vietnam War. So they've really lived a life of like, you know, pursuing freedom, right? They escaped the country after the war on a boat and they had this like this bravery and this courage to like enter the ocean into the complete unknown and travel all across the globe to pursue something new. So I think that was kind of maybe like the foundation to my spirit. And then as a young person, I was always a very creative person. And actually for a long time, I wanted to be an artist. I wanted to be a painter. So a lot of ways, really carving my own path has always been a common thread. Oh, I love that. And I love the creative side because I can see that through the way that you've built your company and the way that you show up, which we'll get into. But let's talk about coffee. So here's a funny fact. My two and a half year old, almost three year old loves coffee. And oh my gosh, we are always like so surprised because every day she'll ask us to have some coffee. And she actually likes like black coffee. And so Where did your love of coffee come from? Like, what did you learn about the coffee industry that kind of made you go in the direction that you've gone in? And then we'll talk Mm -hmm. about what you currently do. Yeah. So, you know, Vietnam, Vietnam has a really big and beautiful coffee culture, right? It's really centered around this idea of slowing down with the slow drip fiend filter. It's around gathering. And in Vietnam, I would, because when, when I was younger, I would travel to Vietnam a lot with my family. In Vietnam, coffee is its own moment. It's not like we have brunch and coffee on the side. In Vietnam, you go eat breakfast at a noodle shop or a breakfast spot, and then you go to a cafe or a coffee spot to have your coffee. Like, it's really its own moment. And that's how big of a culture moment it is. So that's where like, I would say some of the earliest parts of my love for coffee started. And then, you know, for most of my life, I've been a freelance creative, which meant I spent a lot of time in coffee shops, right? That was kind of like <laughs> my extension of my home and like my office. So I was always having meetings and like, you know, work sessions at a cafe. And I always loved exploring different types of cafes around the city and also in different cities around the world when I would travel because I felt like each cafe had its own unique flair and like an energy to it. So those are some of the reasons why I, I started to love coffee. 
So walk us through what you do today. Tell us about founding your own company and how you did it. Mm. So today I'm the founder and CEO of Nguyen Coffee Supply. We are America's first direct-to-consumer Vietnamese coffee brand. We import through direct trade relationships in Vietnam and we roast in Brooklyn, New York. And so essentially I started an importing and roasting consumer packaged goods coffee company, totally bootstrapped solo founder, just started with my own savings and a credit card and just racked it up. And really our mission is to transform the coffee industry through diversity, inclusion, cultural integrity, and sustainability. So when I was looking into your brand, one of the things that really struck me was that you started a product-based company and product-based companies hold so many challenges already, right? Like you've got to get your formula, you've got to figure out packaging, you've got to figure out shipping. And especially when you're importing, there's a whole other thing that you've got to figure out. But one thing that really stood out to me was the education piece, the cultural piece. Can Mm -hmm. you share a little bit about what it was like to create a brand around what you've known culturally about coffee and Mm -hmm. trying to bring it into a culture that is the grab and go, quick sip, caffeine hit culture? Yeah, great question, Jenna. So, you know, Jenna, when I started Nguyen Coffee Supply, which is a, you know, exclusively a single origin Vietnamese coffee company, I was entering an industry and I'm still a part of an industry that has historically and currently explicitly excluded Vietnam from the specialty coffee community. And in addition to that, the industry was excluding Vietnam as an origin. And more specifically, they were excluding the variety of robusta coffee beans from the industry, right? And Vietnam is also the number one producer of robusta beans. So already, Jenna, I was entering an industry really elevating and and pushing something that was already kind of pushed to the margins and people were already saying you don't belong, right? Mm -hmm. So for that, I was basically going completely against the grain and trying to move the industry into a completely different and new direction, not to take away, but really just to expand, right? And so with that, it required a lot of education, right? So it required a lot of education around like, well, hold up, like, why aren't we including Vietnam in the conversation around sustainable coffee farming, right? Why aren't we including robusta coffee in the conversation around sustainable coffee farming, right? Why are we creating these narratives that completely bar this origin and this variety, but ultimately it bars entire communities from elevating their lifestyles, right? And their livelihoods. So there was so much education around changing that narrative or kind of breaking apart that narrative for people and deconstructing this narrative and having us kind of reframe and rethink about how we actually have a diverse and inclusive coffee culture, right? And then the other piece is the education that we do around the cultural element, right? So we are building a coffee culture and this next wave of coffee that's really rooted in cultural integrity, which is why we don't just talk about the coffee bean, but we also talk about the brewing rituals of Vietnam and really elevating Vietnam's most beloved brew tool, which is the fiend filter, right? Too often, I feel like Western cultures divorce the product from the source, right? We take Mm. the bean, we take the spice, we take the fruit, we take the, you know, even the drink like matcha 
matcha, like matcha tea, we often divorce the product from the source and we just place it in this Western context, right? And so for yeah. us, it's really about building this more holistic and culturally inclusive experience around coffee, where it's like, let's talk about the bean and the communities and the coffee culture and the brewing culture that all uplifted this coffee product that we are now engaging with. Uh, I think that is so powerful and such an important distinction. And I also think that kind of puts you as a founder in so many positions. I mean, as a founder of a product-based company, you're already figuring out all these different things, but you're also playing these really important roles as an educator to why these things matter, why they're important, why they're different, Mm -hmm. but then also someone who is selling a product. So I'm curious, like, what were the main roadblocks that you experienced when getting your brand and your business off the ground at the beginning? Because I can only imagine it was an uphill battle. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's funny. Like, I felt a lot of kind of like resistance or disdain from kind of folks within the industry. But really, when it came to connecting with consumers and folks at the community level, there was zero resistance, you know, Jenna. (laughs) And I think that's a really fascinating thing about the specialty coffee industry, where some of the ideas or narratives that exist more on the higher level, industry level, gatekeeping level of folks actually don't trickle down to consumers at all, right? Consumers ultimately... I mean, coffee is so subjective and it's so personal and consumers ultimately, they're going to like what they like. So for me, you know, out the gate and from launch, I never really cared about what the industry thought. If I did, I wouldn't have started the company, right? And I didn't go out to seek the approval of the industry or to exist within the industry's current like structures of like validation. I just went straight to our community and straight to consumers and said, this is what we're offering. Do you like it or do you not? Right. And we found that people love our products and they also love our mission and our story. So what did you have to do differently? I can only imagine that when the pandemic hit, a lot of your processes were probably shifted, shut down, changed, or pivoted. Mm -hmm. Walk me through how you navigated that as a founder, because I'm just thinking in terms of importing and the difference in culture and things that are happening and New York City closing down. I feel like you were up against a lot when the pandemic hit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. Like it, it feels like so long ago, but it really wasn't that long ago when New York was the epicenter of the entire pandemic. Yeah. You know, you know, as a Brooklyn based brand, we've, we've been in New York and Brooklyn the entire time and throughout the entire pandemic, navigating all of that. Um, I will say though, Jenna, we, because we have always been an e-commerce brand and direct to consumer, we didn't, we weren't hit as hard as like certain as other brick and mortar restaurants or businesses, right? So we were able to kind of sustain ourselves through the pandemic. We were able to keep our team. And because we were actually a manufacturing facility, we were considered an essential worker. So I'm just really happy that we were able to kind of continue to support people with jobs and able to create jobs as well during the pandemic. But really outside of the actual operations of it, we were constantly doing grassroots efforts to raise money for our, you know, B2B partners for their, to support their staff, to raise money for undocumented workers who weren't able to, you know, get federal funding. So navigating the pandemic was a combination of like, like 
professionally and economically, how do we keep this business going to support all the employees? But then also just thinking about like, what is your role as a company, as a leader in the greater global struggle, right? And so we allocate a lot of our time to supporting our community through things like fundraisers, right? Or a donating portion of our sales or collecting individual donations and also educating our audiences through social content around, you know, things that were happening around social movements, such just Black Lives Matter or around anti-Asian you know, violence, like just using our platform to be a part of the conversation and also to lead the conversation. Because as a brand, we say as a brand, we are a brand that stands for diversity, inclusion, equity, and sustainability. And that extends beyond the coffee industry as well. You know, So when we see different social issues that are happening, we as a brand, we want to be a part of the conversation by using our platform to engage our community and also to educate. Mm, That is so powerful. And I think that it's beautiful. Your mission statement says it, but you live it. And I think that's so, so powerful. And I think a lot of times when we're in leadership positions and we're put in a position to really lead, that's when the rubber meets the road. And so I think that's amazing. Can you talk a little bit about your importing process and how you create those partnerships overseas? Mm -hmm. And also, how do you lead them when you're not directly in contact with them in terms Mm -hmm. of being in person with your Vietnamese partners? Yeah, great question. So, you know, (laughs) know, starting an importing business is (laughs) difficult. And and I feel like it's actually not very common for a lot of like smaller emerging roasting companies. But Jenna, we had to do it because no one else was offering single origin Vietnamese coffee beans, right? None of the other importers or green bean buyers were paying attention to Vietnam. And so we literally had to build our own supply chain and go direct to the source. And so the way I had established my initial partnerships and a lot of my current ones is through my family network in Vietnam. Both of my parents are one of eight to 10 children and they were the only ones to escape the country. So most of my aunts and uncles and all of my cousins and now all of my second cousins still live in Vietnam. So I feel feel very, very fortunate to have an extensive family network there. And in 2016, when I was thinking about starting this business, I'd ask my aunt, you know, I'm thinking about importing Vietnamese coffee. Like, does anyone know anyone with the farm? (laughs) And my aunt was like, actually, I do. She's like my old colleague left the company to take over his family farm. And so from there, we took a plane from Hanoi, where my aunt lives, to visit my current producing partner in the lot. And that was the beginning of our partnership. And then since then, you know, I I go to Vietnam at least once a year to meet up with my partners and to kind of exchange information, to talk about a partnership, talk about things we can do together to grow and improve our process together. But we just haven't been able to go back because of the pandemic. So other than that, we just stay in close communication through apps like chat apps and also email and Facebook. Mm, I love that. Thank goodness for technology in that context, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) As we look to the new year, you might be thinking about ways to hit the ground running with your business or even ways to help connect with your customers on a deeper level. We've talked about CRM platforms in the past, and I wanted to talk a little bit more about why they're essential for businesses in 2022. A CRM platform takes any customer interaction, like a sale from your website or clicking on your weekly newsletter, and it transforms that data into valuable insights. Insights like, when do my customers shop? And do my emails really get open more on a Monday? A HubSpot CRM platform is ready to help connect the dots between your business and your customers like never before. 
HubSpot is consistently working to make its products more connected than ever. With improved custom report builders, you can curate your data your way, making it super easy to review real-time reports on sales, marketing, deals, and more, all with just a few clicks. And if you're looking for cleaner data with a centralized system, the all-new Operations Hub Enterprise gives your team leads the ability to curate data sets for all users, meaning even faster and more consistent reporting. Learn more about how a HubSpot CRM platform can help connect your business in 2022 at HubSpot.com. Hey, Gold Diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and always there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. So one thing I've noticed that I think is very different and incredible about your brand is that you have a strong community of support around your brand. Mm. Was that something you intentionally did? And if so, like, how did you build that up from the very beginning? Mm. (laughs) Yes. Yes, it was very intentional. Like building a community around our brand was always intentional. And it was always like, kind of like the number one priority for us as such a community-driven and mission-driven company. And candidly, Jenna, we just didn't have any money for marketing or advertising for the first (laughs) year and a half, right? Like zero dollars for, I did not spend a dollar in advertising for the first year and a half. So what we focused on was building our community, telling our story, you know, creating original content to engage and share, and really kind of building a community around this mission of, people who care about diversity, inclusion, and equity, right? People who have felt rendered invisible or marginalized in whatever way that looks to them, right? People who have felt underrepresented in their respective lanes or paths, right? These are all some of the connecting threads um, and experiences that we uplift as a coffee company, right? Like Vietnam is the second largest producer of coffee in the world. Yet Mm -hmm. most people, including myself, didn't know that, right? Why don't we know that? Because of lack of transparency, lack of visibility, and lack of representation. Vietnam, as the world's second largest producer in coffee, has been rendered invisible in the coffee community, right? So these are themes that are like, well, this is wrong, right? And this is messed up because when there's lack 
lack of transparency in any supply chain, there's going to be exploitation. Similar to in the U.S. context, right? When communities are marginalized or, you know, rendered invisible, they're oftentimes always oppressed and subjected to socioeconomic disenfranchisement, right? So these are common threads of just like our lives that I felt like a lot of folks in our community resonated with and they were really excited and ready to get behind because they're like, we're supporting this brand because it's supporting delicious coffee, but it's really supporting this greater mission and cause to build a better world. That is so powerful. And I think too, again, it goes back to that education piece that I think if I had to say you have a secret sauce, it is <laughs> that education piece that connects people beyond just your product. What are some of the things that you did to encourage people to kind of form this community, to share about the product, to be like your feet on the ground, to become your walking billboards? How did you do that? Because a lot of our listeners bootstrap and and a lot mm-hmm. of our listeners don't have a marketing team or a mm-hmm. PR or anything like that. So give us some of the strategies that you use that you're like, yes, I was right on the money when I did this and I'm going to mm-hmm. keep doing it. Oh, wow. That's a great question. Because to be honest, I, as you asked that question, Jenna, the first thoughts that were coming to mind were like, I don't know how I did that, right? <laughs> because like, I'll try to share some tools, but candidly, I never had a strategy to be like, how do we get people to share this content. How do I get people to like, you know, um, really rally for us in the streets and on the gram? Like that was never, I never went that far. For me, it was like, I'm just going to tell my story as, you know, authentically and as honestly as I can through social media, through interviews, through original content. And that's all I did. That's all I thought about. And then I guess I was really fortunate enough, Jenna, where people who really connected with that, they just naturally shared it, right? And yeah. so if I could offer a piece of you know advice for anyone who's thinking about how to build a community around your brand, you know, I would say just really, you need to be really honest and authentic and genuine with your brand voice, right? Oftentimes, you know, a lot of brands kind of like throw out these buzzwords of like sustainability and like diversity and all these things, but it's like, they're trading in buzzwords for lived experiences, right? And if you don't have a lived experience, that's okay. Maybe you can build a team or community that can inform that lived experience. But ultimately, like you mentioned earlier, like, oh, it's not just our mission, but like we live it, right? Like I live it as a leader. I I live it as an individual, but I also live it as a leader, depending on how I design my team, how I design our work culture, how I design our relationships, right? So you can live these values. If you are a brand that's promoting values, I'd say live it in the way you design your company and your company culture and your ecosystem, right? Now, once you can do that, once you start there, then you can talk about, I would say, just be really authentic and use your voice to really share with your consumers what your brand is about and what you care about. Because I think once consumers understand the values that you represent, then it becomes much easier for them to align themselves, right? If they see there's alignment. And then once they align, then they're going to naturally want to share, right? It becomes an extension of their lives, right? So those are some ways that, that I'd say, you know, has helped me. I don't know if there's a, if there's a really a good or effective way to think through like, how do I get people to share my stuff? 
beyond being like be super authentic and if it's really authentic and people can tell you're being honest about it then it's going to happen naturally and then i just say like a last thing here just tactically speaking you know of course there are things like well you want to create something that's like really shareable right what is easy yeah. to share like is it a piece of asset that a friend can see and it clicks and like oh this resonates with me and let me just share this to a friend so maybe then at that level at that stage it's about having like nice content or shareable content or, you know, bite-sized content that people can easily share. But before you even get there, you need to really tap within and make sure that you're being authentic through and through. Hmm. I think you've done such an amazing job. And something that strikes me as super unique about you and something maybe a listener might be wondering is you are so passionate about the cause behind the product, right? The mission behind the product. And I think a lot of times as consumers, we can recognize like, this system is broken, or I want to see this changed, or Mm -hmm. there needs to be this growth or evolution. But a lot of times we disqualify ourselves as a person who can step into that space and take on that challenge that might feel insurmountable. How did you qualify yourself, Sarah, as someone who can shift the coffee industry? Did you ever have doubt or imposter syndrome? Did you ever feel like this is just too much? It's impossible. Or were you always tied so closely to the vision that you just kept Mm. moving forward? Mm. Great question. For me personally, and everyone is going to engage with this question differently. However, for me, I just felt so passionate about our mission to bring visibility to Vietnam. I felt that it was such an extreme injustice that the world's second largest coffee producer was completely rendered invisible, right? I felt that was so wrong on so many levels. And with that passion and fire, it just became easy, I guess, for me just to keep going because I I knew I had to change it. So for me, because I was so tied to the mission, it really kind of helped give me the fuel and the fire I need to move forward. Now, logistically and tactically as I'm building it, like were there challenges? Yes, of course. You know, I I had zero experience in importing and roasting and DTC startup CPGs prior to starting this, right? Prior to starting when coffee supply, I worked as a filmmaker and a journalist, right? So very, very different industries. However, you know, for anyone who is, you know, thinking about how to push through, it's really important that when you're starting your business and as you're building your business that you are really clear on your why. Like, why are you doing this, right? Truly, why are you doing this? Because even though I'm like a few years in now, it's still hard every day and the problems only get bigger. And the only way to really navigate through your problems as they get bigger or the challenges as they get bigger is to always be anchored in your why, right? And so if you don't have a clear direction or a clear why as to why you are building this, then navigating those challenges will become, I feel, more difficult. So knowing your why is really important to help you build your business. And then from there, it's the tactical, it's the strategy, it's the logistical. And that's the easy stuff, I feel, right? You can easily figure that part out like through a Google or through an advisor or reaching out to someone on LinkedIn. But you have to know your why because that would be the one thing that would be your North Star to keep you going no matter how difficult things get. Gold diggers, we all know the B2B landscape can be a bit complex. From lengthy buying cycles to complicated decision-making processes, reaching your target audience can be tough. But I found a solution tailored just for you. LinkedIn ads. 
A whopping 79% of B2B content marketers say LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. That's because with LinkedIn ads, you're not just casting a wide net and hoping for the best. You're strategically building relationships and driving real results. We're talking about a platform with over a billion members, including 180 million senior level executives and 10 million C-level executives. You are networking with the actual decision makers. And LinkedIn's targeting and measurement tools are specifically designed for for B2B marketers, meaning you're not wasting time or money on irrelevant leads. In fact, in the tech industry, LinkedIn ads have been shown to generate two to five times higher return on ad spend compared to other social media platforms. Using LinkedIn ads allows you to stay ahead of the curve when it comes to industry trends and developments, whether it's finding the perfect partner for a collaboration or uncovering new opportunities for growth, LinkedIn can be your secret weapon. Make B2B marketing everything it can be and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash goal to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash goal. Terms and conditions apply. On top of my many titles as mom, entrepreneur, and creative, I've also added host. Drew and I host on Airbnb on our favorite island in Hawaii. We started hosting as a way to make some extra income, and we've had such an easy breezy experience. Now we host year after year, and it's been a fantastic side hustle. Not to brag, but we've also been crowned Airbnb Superhost several times, so we are really killing the game. It's about having spaces we can enjoy as a family while creating memorable experiences for our guests, and it helps that we earn a little extra cash on the side. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So we've talked so much about your history as a founder and what you've done, but let's vision cast for the future. Mm-hmm. Walk me through what's exciting you. What do you want to see continue to evolve? Like what mm-hmm. gets you out of bed and still pushing this brand forward? Ooh, so exciting. Oh, I got chills with that question. <laughs> you know, my vision is to completely change the coffee industry and to build a new wave of coffee that is rooted in cultural integrity, diversity, and sustainability. And what that looks like for us is to bring attention and awareness to an entirely new region that has been historically excluded from this industry, specialty industry. When I say from this industry, I mean from the industry that prioritizes sustainability and elevation, right? And helping to improve livelihoods. We believe that the future of coffee will be rooted in Southeast Asia as a new region. Vietnam specifically as the world's second largest source of coffee, Robusta specifically as a variety that has been excluded, and really beyond the region, Jenna, it's about building this vision for coffee and a new wave of coffee where people are engaging with coffee in a holistic way and with a cultural lens where we are no longer divorcing the product from the source and that we are truly engaging with the people and the community surrounding the product, right? That's my vision for coffee coffee. I think that as we move in this direction, one, we'll be able to focus on sustainability efforts because Robusta coffee compared to Arabica coffee is actually a more sustainable coffee option in the face of global warming and climate change, right? And if we can really elevate Robusta and Vietnamese Robusta, then we will, one, elevate the livelihoods of all Robusta farmers around the world today. And we will also create a pathway for current Arabica farmers to transition to robusta coffee farming to sustain their livelihoods in the face of global warming. However, we cannot get there if consumers are not aware, educated about 
Robusta bean, right? Or about Vietnam as the number one producer of Robusta, right? And so that is our vision. It's to build the next wave of coffee culture rooted in sustainability, diversity, and cultural integrity. So one thing I'm curious if you would share more about, because I just love the cultural background of the experience and kind of how you started off your relationship with coffee with a very different experience than this Western world. Can you share a little bit about like, what would the ultimate Vietnamese coffee experience be? And how could someone here in the States or wherever they're tuning in from kind of adopt this ritual or understand this practice with this beautiful respect? What does that look like? Mm. Oh, great question. I believe that the ultimate Vietnamese coffee experience begins with real Vietnamese coffee beans, right? Too often I've seen cafes or hipster cafes try to profit off of the cultural cachet of a Vietnamese iced coffee, but they're not using Vietnamese coffee beans because I've asked them. So so <laughs> number one, you, we want to pay you know respect to the producers of this culture and make sure that Vietnamese people and communities and farmers are included in this transaction. So one, start with real Vietnamese coffee beans. And then two, while we can brew Vietnamese coffee beans through, you know, all the different brew tools from an express machine to a French press, traditionally speaking, the most traditional Vietnamese brew tool is called the Fiend Filter. It's a stainless steel brew tool. And I like to describe it as if like the V60 pour over and the French press had a baby, you get the Fiend Filter. And what's great about the Fiend Filter is that there's no paper waste. So it's super eco-friendly and sustainable. And the Fiend Filter is described as a slow drip coffee method. And you're going to get a really strong type of Vietnamese espresso. So really what What's really special about the Vietnamese coffee experience with the Fiend Filter is that it's a really ritualistic moment of like self-care and slowing down and like you're sitting next to your Fiend Filter as it's dripping in- into the cup and uh, you're watching the drip, you know, the coffee drip into the cup, right? So it's a very, it's very much of a slowing down moment. And then from there, traditionally, people often enjoy the Vietnamese coffee with sweet and condensed milk, but it's not required. Tons of people in Vietnam drink their coffee black. However, if you wanted to try it with the most popular dairy option, that would be a sweet and condensed milk, or you can have it however you like. Mm. One thing that I love is that on your site, you sell the actual Vietnamese coffee lovers bundle, which makes it available to people so that they're not just buying the product, but they're also adopting that experience. And you even share, you know, brewing tips and things like that. And I think that it's really powerful, even in reading your consumer reviews, how people are adopting these new routines, new traditions around it of slowing down. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, if the last two years have taught us anything, it's this slow down and appreciation and presence that mm-hmm. are invaluable. So I'm curious, what are you excited about for this new year? Like, what are you hopeful for as we enter into a new season? I am looking forward to being able to visit Vietnam again. So I haven't been to Vietnam since 2019 because of the pandemic on both parts of the world. So I'm really looking forward to being able to reconnect, right, with Vietnam, with my family in Vietnam, with the people of Vietnam, with my partners in Vietnam, with the farming process again, and being on the farms and the cafe culture in Vietnam and being able to convene together. The sense of togetherness is something that I'm really looking forward to combined with travel. 
Mm. Where can everybody find you, connect with you, learn more about your product, become a customer and a part of your community? Give us all of the places. Yeah. So we are entirely e-commerce. We ship nationwide and to Canada. So people can find us online at our website. It's nguencoffeesupply.com. N-G-U-Y-E-N coffeesupply.com. And we are super active on social media, Instagram. It's the handle is Nguyen Coffee Supply, N-G-U-Y-E-N Coffee Supply on Instagram. We're also on TikTok, same handle. And my personal handle is One Ounce Gold, O-N-E-O-U-N-C-E-G-O-L-D. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on, for sharing about your journey and your hopes for the future. And thank you for just educating us on the experience. I know I'm going to sip my coffee a little slower and try to adopt some of those rituals that you shared today, but I cannot wait to try the coffee that you've spoken about. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Jenna. Cheers. Isn't Sarah so inspiring? I'm just so blown away by her mission and the way that she showed up and bootstrapped this business, not just to create a product to sell, but to build a community around the heart of what her real mission is. I'm so excited to follow her journey, to see where it takes her, to watch her business grow and expand as she continues to evolve as an incredible leader, someone to keep our eyes on and absolutely watch and learn from. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. Until next time, keep on digging your biggest goals. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com. Hey, Gold Diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer care team is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and always there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home, and thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more.